Hi everyone, welcome back to Model Student. I'm your host and friend, Alexandrine, and today I am joined by the one, the only, the infamous, professional, incredible, and celebrity hairstylist, Glenn Ellis. We met last summer on set and he was so lovely. <laughs> he was making me giggle like a schoolgirl on set and so I'm really, really happy to have him on and share our conversation with you today. So without further ado, here's Glenn. Well, welcome officially to model student, Glenn. Thank Glenn you. Alice. Um, we met on the Christian Cohen set this past summer. It's past June, I think, June or July. Yeah. And I, of course, follow you on Instagram. And every time you post on your story, I feel like I have a proper laugh. So I wanted to have <laughs> you on and um, talk about your career and everything else. So before we get into it, I'll just have you introduce yourself. A fun fact, if you will. Um, my name is Glenn Ellis. Um, I am from Los Angeles, California, born and raised and what would be a fun fact? I like cooking Korean food. Oh, really? Nice. <laughs> yeah, I do. There you go. I don't know if I've ever cooked a proper meal for myself ever outside of like mac and cheese. Really? Yeah, oh but that, it, that'll change. You've inspired me. I mean, the thing that I love about cooking the most is that it just like makes me not glue to my phone. I feel like one yeah. thing for people millennials and gen z is that we're so glued to our phone that it's just a nice escape to yeah not not be around any electronics and just build something with my hands yeah totally do you feel that way about your work too you're a hairstylist so like when you're do you have that same i feel like what i've heard from people who like to cook is usually a similar sentiment to what you just said about like like getting in the zone, so to speak, and not being distracted. Do you feel the it, same way working? I feel different when it is working because working is my job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I treat it like I treat it. I treat <laughs> it as true. a job, and I think a lot of people can attest. Like what I'm going to say is just work is work. It's not a hobby. It's not. Yeah. I don't live, breathe, eat, sleep, work. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that's a very toxic tra trait that a lot of people have. For sure that yeah when I when I'm working I'm in work mode and when I'm doing my hobbies as far as like you know cooking or like doing Pilates or walking it's so different yeah I like and to disconnect yeah exactly I feel like it's important to especially like within the fashion industry it's so easy or I guess really any industry, it's so easy to over-identify with your job. So I'm actually mm -hmm. glad you said that right off the bat, because I think it's something that I forget, especially because I'm just at the start of my career, that it's like all I'm thinking about, like 24-7, that it's, I think, important, as you say, to remember to have the separation of like, work is just work, and you have hobbies outside of it. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's just, we're so much more than our jobs. A lot of people like to define themselves of who they are by their jobs. And that's just not how I like looking at life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. look at you, like you're Alex, you're not just a model, you're a writer, you have a podcast, you do many other hobbies outside. Yeah, totally. 
Thank you, Glenn. Well, I feel bad because we're primarily going to be talking about your work. But before we get into the thick of it, is there anything else that we should know about you, Glenn, as Glenn? Like, what's your favorite color? Purple. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I've never heard anybody say purple, I feel like. Really? I feel like purple, people are pink and blue. Yeah. No, no. I was going to say, like, I feel like blue. I always get blue or green, I feel like is what mm. people say. I like yeah. purple, though. Do you, are you a reader? Do you read any books? Yes, I love reading. Like to read. Okay. What's your mm-hmm. favorite book? Oh, I read. Okay. Well, that's such a loaded question. I have to look at my bookshelf <laughs> for this. Um, this is going to sound so cheesy, but I mean, all in all, my favorite books. So there's a difference. I loved this book called The Maidens. Okay. And, which is also ri- written by the same author that wrote A Silent Patient. I forget okay. what his name is. I'm really bad at authors' names. But my favorite series I've ever read was obviously Harry Potter because I'm such an, like it's just amazing. No, same, same. Yeah, I'll have to read the other ones, but yeah, Harry Potter. I mean, it'll always have a like special place in my heart, like forever. Yeah. But, Likewise. And then, and then the last thing I ask you before I start asking you about work is what's your favorite movie which I know is like what's your favorite book question big fish Tim Burton I've never seen it really oh You're... it's such a beautifully stimulating movie it's like it's visually so stimulating it's gorgeous with Ewan it. McGregor it's it's beautiful and Jessica Lang. oh when did it come out it came out like I don't know, I think like oh four but okay. you should definitely watch it it's I like will such a beautifully done movie and has so many hidden lessons about even life that I look at life to this day be like that reminds me of Big Fish okay cool I'll watch it already we're like what's five minutes in and you're teaching me so much (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but um I'll watch it I'll watch it and I'll I'll send you a message after I do but now to work with a capital W (laughs) um starting with really the basics of when did you want to become a hairstylist and then how did you become one it's funny I never wanted to become a hairstylist I wanted to go believe it or not to school for interior design and I was going to go to fit for it and while I was in high school we had these like extracurricular activities where you could get high school credit but do something outside like a trade so all my friends were doing beauty school I was like sure why not I'll do it it sounds like fun and I ended up going to beauty school and I ended up just really liking the aspect of just meeting a bunch of different people from all yeah. walks of life and learning from people like I'm I'm such a people person I love talking yeah. to people I find people so fascinating that I just ended up loving it and also creating something with my hands because yeah as a kid I was just like an overactive kid I'm sure my parents were like oh god what are we gonna do with you <laughs> like what are you gonna do when you grow up yeah um and I just ended up sticking with that and yeah I am the youngest of three and my brother and sister are both five and six years older than me. So I was the baby baby in the family. So I was the creative one out of the three and just ended up doing hair. I used to do oil painting too as well, which could also be interpreted into also doing hair because you're creating a sculpture, a a painting. That's, I really have so much admiration for makeup artists, hairstyle. I mean, everybody on set, but like it is it is insane what you guys are able to do out of <laughs> the hairs that grow on top of our heads and I mm. mean you completely transform I always feel transformed after hair and makeup like I feel like a different person 
but how like from high school taking those electives did you go to esthetician school after or did you just start assisting people so I was doing I did cosmetology school in high school and then after I graduated I um it's funny you're supposed to take state board exam in order to get your license and I remember I failed my first time doing the practical because I sprayed too much water on the model's hair and it went on the floor and the teacher slipped Oh. Um, but she didn't fall she didn't fall she didn't fall it was like yeah. oh my god I thought my life was ending after that I was like I'm never doing here I enrolled in college and then I ended up doing my practical again and then um ended up um passing and quit college went to work at a salon in Beverly Hills called Bruno and Suni that doesn't exist anymore yeah but the real training that I got was the, when I impulsively moved to New York at 19 out of defiance. And I ended up getting a job with Sally Hirschberger, who was a huge hairstylist back in the 90s. Like she did worked a lot with Andy Leibovitz and Herb Ritz and wow. Meg Ryan and Cindy Lawfer and all these amazing people. And I yeah. that's how I learned in the beginning how to cut hair. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about the move to New York at 19. You said out of defiance. Were you just trying to get out of LA? I was just so over living in LA. And I, of course, being the product's poster child ADHD kid, I couldn't sit still. And I was like, well, I'm just going to move to New York and end up moving to New York. And I lived in a small loft apartment with two roommates I literally could stand up on my tippy toes and hit the ceiling of my room. It was the loft part. And yeah. I ended up working for Sally Hirschberger, which was really interesting. It was definitely a lot of lessons learned there. Yeah. Um, would yeah. I take it? Would I have done things differently? Yes. She, yeah. There's a way, and I really want to stress this, and I wasn't even going to talk about it. There's a way of treating people that assist you and work for you. You're supposed to treat them with respect. Yeah. And you can't get frustrated with them if they don't know how to do something the first time around or even the second time around. It takes time for a learning curve. And there's a funny thing, a funny joke that like hairdressers say is like, you can't treat people like that. This isn't the 90s. And it was kind of like that working for Sally. Yeah. Was it where, when, what year was it that you were there? 2011. Okay. Okay. I was going to say, so it's literally no longer the 90s. Yeah. How... Because that's another thing I feel like, like I think of like the cliche, like the devil wears Prada, like treating um, assistants or people below you like shit, because like, that's part of the hustle, baby. And like, this is fashion and like that kind of, yeah, like 90s mentality. Exactly. Do you feel like it still exists? Like the ego part of it? Or do you think most people are nicer like what what are your thoughts on how you've seen I feel like people are more conscious about the way that they respond and react to people yeah um I do believe that the ego is still there with everybody everyone has a sense of ego everyone has a sense of entitlement I even have that you know what I mean yeah and there I don't see it more so now than I used to before I do see like a lot of egos like to this day but not as much as I did back like 10 years ago yeah definitely like I remember like even like the professionalism has changed so much like I remember when I was being on set 
back in like 2013, I think it was. And one of the assistants, there was two assistants. It was me and this other guy. And he was supposed to pack the bag for the, the for the stylist. Yeah. And she told him to pack up lightly. And he was thinking, oh, we're going to be on set. You're not going to need your clippers to cut men's hair. And she ended up asking for the clippers and he had to go run to the salon, which was two blocks away, and get the clippers. And she was like yelling and screaming that he didn't have the clippers. And then ended up coming back with the clippers and then suspended him and sent him home from the shoe and didn't come back to work for a week. Drama. A lot of drama. A lot of drama. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's a lot of drama. I've been called stupid. I've been, yeah. I was told, I, I was shoved. I was, I was told, thank God you're pretty because you have nothing else going on for you. It's insane how some people can do that. But I realize to this, realize now that a lot of the reason why people do that is because to make themselves look superior to the client yeah. and yeah. make them seem important. So it's all of a all of a game. Yeah. How do you I feel like I am so sensitive and have had to get a thicker skin naturally just by um <laughs> just by I guess growing up you also learned just to have it but how did you like stick with it and not be like this is dumb I'm leaving <laughs> like how like how like were there ever moments where you were like I don't want to do this I'm like actually quitting and then yes. if, so how did you prevail past those I remember learning the lesson when I moved to New York my first job working in Beverly Hills in the place that doesn't exist anymore. I remember I wasn't like a good assistant whatsoever, but yeah. I'll just be like clear with that. When I was like working at the Beverly Hills studio, my boss came to me one day after I called out sick and instead of acknowledging what she was saying, that's when I made the decision that I was going to move to New York because I didn't feel like there was anything that I needed to change. Yeah. And then when I moved to New York and was assisting Sally and it was such an amazing opportunity to be an assistant to her at the time that I was like, this is such a great opportunity. I can't leave no matter. It's going to be rough. I'm going to be verbally abused. I just need to stick with it. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. Which in the long run, I'm thankful that I did stick with it because the days that I worked at Sally Hirschberger downtown were some of the greatest moments of my life. The team yeah. that was there was incredibly talented, so informative and just all around kind fun people yeah yeah how did you get that exactly working for sally like was it you knew somebody that knew her did he send an email like how did that work it was funny i went to the salon and dropped off my resume i literally printed out a resume and yeah. handed the paper to the front desk and i said yeah i know cassandra who works at the la studio and she said i should come in and the front desk girl um told me to just hang on one second and then she handed my resume to Sally and Sally was like bring him around and she brought me over and I went in for a trial at the salon the next day and she hired me yeah and then the rest was history <laughs> exactly and then how long were you in New York before coming back to LA I was there for six years okay nice and then moving mm. back to LA I know you're at a salon now out of West Hollywood. Yes, right, I work at Angela right? Comps in West okay, Hollywood. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've actually Natalie cut gave me like a proper trim there. So I have been there and it's gorgeous. When did you start working there? 
Um, I started working there back beginning of 2017. Okay. So was that then right from New York, right to, to Andes? Okay. Yes. And when did you start doing set work? I started doing set work. Uh, I feel like I've always done set work on and yeah. off. I've taken it more seriously in the past two years. Mm. My first, I started doing more set work after I started working for my friend who works to own the production agency. And they do a lot of amazing, amazing people. I've done, done stuff for Chanel, which is incredible. I've done stuff yeah. for Dior. And it's yeah I've been I've made it more of a focus the past year and a half to do more freelance because uh it's tiring doing 12 people a day in a salon versus being on set and doing one or two people there's such a huge difference and it does wear on the body eventually totally how you mentioned like the numbers like working on 12 people versus maybe one or two but what are the other differences maybe pros and cons of like being on set versus in the salon so the pros of being on set is just doing less people yeah, and just having an open space for being more creative with styling hair. Yeah. But it could go either way, like working in the salon too as well. It, that's my bread and butter. You know what I mean? Yeah. I always have a stable financial base of clients that I can go to and not rely on just being freelance. Because when you, we met on the Christian Cohen show, I'm sure I only had like three freelance jobs that month. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's not barely anything to survive totally. versus me working in a salon. I have more of a You're financially set. stable base. Exactly. Yeah. How do you build um, like a clientele just as like a side question? Like I know you've been there since <sighs> 2017. So yeah. obviously like if like once you have a set group, you know, people come in every like four to six weeks to get a trim or color or whatever it is. But like, how do you start getting, that seems like the most daunting part of it. It was definitely, I rebuilding your clientele in a different city was the most humbling experience I probably could (laughs) ever have. Yeah. I came to LA, had no clients. Andy and his part owner, Leanne at the time took a chance on me and hired me right on the spot on the floor without even assisting with no clientele. And I just had to build. I had to build the the front desk would recommend me people. Um, I would have friends come in and give them like um, a friends and family rate. Mm. I started messaging influencers on Instagram, like, Hey, if you want to come in for a style or a haircut, please like keep me in mind. And then it wasn't until the pandemic hit where I started doing my really good friend Tinks's hair. Yeah. And she started getting big on TikTok that a lot of people started seeing me on her social media and started fi- and found me at the salon and started booking at the salon. Yeah. I, I believe my income like doubled after I started having her in my life. Thank you. Thank you, Tinks. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's that been, girl. She's it's amazing. Been, it's been cool because you, I think, cut um, Cassie Davis's hair. And I remember yeah. like, doing a double take on your story because I was like, wait, I read her book. And I think I DM'd you like, please tell her that I loved her like essay collection. But it is, it is, um, I mean, thank God for influencers, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, seriously, though. They're like the new form celebrity. And it's yeah. crazy to even say that, but it's true. Yeah, definitely. How mm-hmm. I feel like something you learn like pretty quickly and you grew up in LA too, but um the like I don't I'm gonna sound so young and dumb right now but like 
I feel like when you're like a teenager, you think of celebrities as being like almost like these godlike figures. And then you grow up and then you get to LA and then you are kind of near them. And it's like, oh, you're stars. They're just like us. Did you ever have like any onset experiences where you like, for lack of a better word, were like fangirling or like had to keep your cool? Oh, without a town, without, with, without a question, <laughs> without a doubt, like you do not sound young or dumb. Like I've have felt that many, many times before. I remember I would like meet a celebrity and I would get like nervous and start yeah. like sweating this, when I was an, when I was an assistant, but now I'm like so numb to it. Yeah. But it wasn't until I, <laughs> it wasn't until I was on set and this is sounds so ridiculous. No, I no, no. fangirled over this drag queen from RuPaul's Drag Race named Juju B. And <laughs> I, instead of like, I was totally fangirling, but I literally said to Juju, I'm like, just let you know, I'm going to be totally up your ass this whole shoot because I am obsessed with you. Love and they it. loved it. That's Good. the thing with like, so a lot of celebrities love stuff like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Of like appreciation and someone like loving their work. It makes them feel important. And who doesn't like to feel important? You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Totally. I wanted to ask you going back a little bit about like having the stability of like being in a salon, but then like the creativity of being on set. How do mm. you, and also it's hard because when you're freelance, so much of it is just like waiting for an opportunity you don't necessarily have complete control, but how do you balance that in your life? Perhaps just in general, like the stability versus the creativity. What do you, in, in what way? What, like, I think I, okay. I'll be transparent. I think for me, I'm like at a point, I'm like 22. I'm like, I just want to be creative. I just want to like live la vida loca. And then I'm like, mm. you need a job. Like you need like, a stable income job and like yes you can have all of these like hopes and dreams to do x y and z but they're not happening yet and you need to like kind of be grounded in reality it's always important to have a balance too as well you know what i yeah. mean like and have also like thankfully for my salon job they're so flexible with me if i need to do yeah. a shoot the next day i can reschedule my clients for the next day to another day yeah i find that it's really important to find that balance as any artist to have it equal because if I was yeah. sitting in the salon without doing anything creative or something that I haven't done before I would definitely build up resentment and just feel drained yeah and I think it's very important to do both and and for the individual and, and for me I had to find a balance of what that was like you know what I mean yeah. like what is my threshold of like how many days I can be in the salon before I go crazy like how many days can I be on set until like I want to be back in the salon or not even do anything yeah I'm a huge totally. I'm a huge believer of a work-life balance I'm not one of those yeah. people that live to work I work to live yeah I, mind you I do love what I do but of course like I said before when I started off the, when we started off the podcast is that we're not defined by our jobs yeah, I know. It's so hard. I feel like it's a really um, American ideology to like, just I like your job is your identity. And I think it's hard when you're trying to pursue something creative to also, as your job, to remember that you're more than just that. The same applies exactly. like with writing even. Like it's like, okay, you're also... You have other things. It's good to be multifaceted. It's hard. Yeah, exactly. Good. It's it's hard, but it's also good. And it definitely, it takes 
effort into being able to do that. Yeah, definitely. So now it's the new year, 2023. What, um, are you looking forward to this year are you doing like are there any big I know fashion month is coming up are you like what's on the horizon for you um I'm going to fashion week next month which is gonna be very exciting I am just going my goal for this year is just to work with a lot of more creatives and actors and actresses, even people that work in social media. And I just want to build my brand up because I eventually do want to create a product line. And with that, I feel like I need to have more of a substantial name in the industry, but it's just going to come with a lot of work. I definitely, well, I definitely want to do that. And with that, like also too, is just like, I want to do so many things at once, but personally too, it's just like, I want to, vacation with my boyfriend and like yeah yeah enjoy time with him and spend special time yeah with my loved ones as well totally my my heart did like a leap when you said your own product line I'm yeah when that happens I will be first in line undoubtedly but I do resonate a lot I think something that I've been trying to tell myself (laughs) is like Rome wasn't built in a day and like everything takes time and being concerned about like um like direction and sustainability more than like speed which is hard but I'm excited for you I really well, am thank you well there's yeah. a thing saying it's just like slow and steady wins the race and I definitely yeah. do believe that yeah you know what I mean and there is a way definitely of it's not just about, for instance, when we met at Christian Cohen, it's just yeah. like not just about like the model. It's also about the client too, as well. Totally. Like, there's a reason why Carly Kloss got so big. And I, and I feel like it's because she would bake and bring brownies and cookies on set and people like yeah. loved her, like little things like that. And that definitely defines other people from other people. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, What advice as kind of like, jumping to the next step and I do think the Carly class example is like pretty (laughs) solid advice but what advice would you give to other people wanting to get a foot in the fashion world but specifically who want to be hairstylists cherish the connections that you make and hold them valuable and just be kind People just forget to be fucking kind. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, be a nice, true, authentic person. Yeah. And that will get you so much further in your career than anybody else. I've seen so many people, creatives, makeup artists, hairstylists, fashion designers, regular clothing stylists that move from other other states and move to a major city and think that New York or LA is this facade and they need to act a certain way. It's like people aren't buying into that. Yeah, I know. And especially celebrities can see right through that. They can see the insecurity and they can see the people being disingenuous. Yeah, it's so, again, it like circles back to what we were saying earlier about like, I feel like, and it's something I've caught myself doing, especially this past week of like, almost like playing 
to like a persona like oh I'm like LA girl Alex model persona and it's like I actually am just little Alex like little grandma Alex who likes to go to bed at 10 p.m like I don't want to be out and about like it's hard I think when especially like in this line of work everything is so image based to feel it does feel like keeping up appearances I think and it's really important to stay grounded so how do you do that? How I stay grounded is I definitely know when to take a day off and yeah. when I need to do something for myself. If that mm -hmm. means not leaving my apartment for a day and just watching Real Housewives or whatever, like then that's it. Like yeah. if it means just like going to the sauna, like that's it. Yeah. I take a moment to myself to connect with myself because I know with my job, it's all I'm giving my energy out to so many people that I need to protect my own energy and rebuild it. Yeah. Because if I'm not happy, I'm not going to be happy at work. You yeah. know what I mean? And I yeah. am, and I have such a poker face and I know myself so much that people will know that I'm like burning myself to the ground. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. How, what, I feel like the theme has been like work-life balance. And I, you mentioned like, really learning how to take like time to yourself but was it like when you were in New York were you first starting was it always like that like did you feel like you were able to check in on yourself in that way or did you feel more pressure mm, no I definitely like wanted I was so hungry I wanted to work so much and it wasn't yeah. until I moved to LA where it was like such a jump of being busy and then moving to LA and I was stressing out about not being busy yeah yeah and then I got to the point where my career like set off again to the busiest part that it's ever been. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to get here again. I'm going to take some time for myself and know my boundaries. Like for client, for instance, like clients, I work in the salon four days a week and I'm off three. If a client wants me to do their hair on my day off, I'm like, sorry, I don't work that day. You can yeah. have it during these four days. And I make it a boundary of mine to not, let anyone ruin that yeah definitely I think it's important I think it's it's a fine it's so hard not to people please I think is what I'm trying to say especially when so much of our work is connection based in a lot of ways mm -hmm. but I think once you're able to know your own boundaries and respect yourself then other people can begin to reciprocate the same if that makes sense exactly I am a huge believer if you don't respect yourself no one's gonna respect you yeah yeah I feel like you're just like my big brother right now that like <laughs> big brother therapist that like I, mean, I don't know if you want me to be your big brother but yeah I'll say that I'll be your confidant <laughs> yeah no literally it's good though I think like I don't know I feel like it's so easy to feel at least for me like oh I'm not I I just think of all the like oh whatever just like oh I'm not this enough or I'm not that enough and I think it's been really nice and reaffirming to hear everything that you've said to remember like just calm down just be yourself like you're fine everything is right. fine and I just saw this thing like Oprah Oprah Winfrey got fired from a job at 23 yeah from yeah. broadcasting it's just like she wasn't who she was then 
You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Denzel yeah. Washington didn't get his big break until like what, 41 or yeah. something like that? Yeah. It's yeah. like everyone's on their own timeline. Totally. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Model Student. If you liked it, don't forget to leave a rating and review, and I'll talk to you next week. Take care. Thank you.